Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you know what we're up to this offseason. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Marianne Lee. And this is our running back show. We're going to start the show off with a little bit of news because there actually is some news that's worth something now instead yes, of just telling you right. random things. Um, Josh Gordon was reinstated finally. Here we go. This is good. Slow cap. Slow right. Cap. I'm excited for this. Absolutely. He was missed. Uh, he missed the first four. He will miss the first four games, um, and he will be out for two weeks of training camp with a quad injury, which is not great. Um, we'll get back to that. Jordy Nelson had a hiccup in his uh, right knee, which I don't know what a hiccup means, but that was the definition they said. He's in place on the pub list. No timetable for his return. That's not great, seeing how he was completely out all last season. Le'Veon Bell is confident that he will win an appeal on his four-game suspension for not showing up for a drug test. Which, of course, means uh, he'll lose. Right. Right. Totally will lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arian Foster signed <laughs> with the Miami Dolphins for a one-year deal. Woo! Yes, Love it. Foster is not dead. Jamal Charles is on the pub list. Not great. Ryan Matthews rolled his ankle. Not great. Nick Foles was cut from the Rams. Not important. Mike Wallace <laughs> didn't pass his conditioning test for the Ravens. Also not that important. No. The most exciting news, especially from us Williams sisters, Ryan Fitzpatrick signed a one-year deal for $12 millions with the Jets. Yes! We are huge Fitzy fans. It's not just the beard. We are in love with Fitz. And yeah. Brennan's and. In New York, they're Jets fans over there, and this is a big day, big day for everybody. Big day for Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker too. That's right. So if you've already draft, drafted him, you should feel good. The pack is back. About drafting the, those too. How's the vibe out there, Brandon? People happy? They shot him down know. the street. No, it just happened. It just happened at 7 p.m. I mean, you didn't, I didn't, you yeah. didn't, you didn't roll your window <laughs> up and Super scream. Fitzy. Oh, what's that noise? Oh, it's a parade for Fitzy. <laughs> what I love though is that you said roll your window down, and I did like a cranking motion, like an old school car. Which, yeah. by the way, that wouldn't be in my house anyway. Uh, no, I have no idea what people feel uh, other than the Twitter reaction, which was mostly people either a talking about how he's gained weight. He definitely has a dad bod thing happening right now. That's fine. Uh, B, that he strolled in at exactly 7 p.m. for the 7 p.m. deadline <laughs> to sign a $12 million contract. Uh, and then C, that it was what he already agreed to, but they wanted <clears throat> to pay him less. Now, you would think that Nick Foles becoming available would mean that they'd be like, fine, we're going to go with Nick Foles. You either take this amount, which is less, or no more. But they were like, you know what? Nah, you called our bluff. We'll give you the 12 mil. We're yeah. done. We're yeah. done. Well, it's interesting because the first deal was, what, 24 million, three years, 16 million guaranteed. So he technically would have had more money guaranteed, but he didn't. I don't, I don't think either team really wanted to lock him in that amount. Or he felt, I guess, it was probably more of a slap in the face with only 16 million guaranteed over three years. So, yeah. 
And, you know, Fitzy, I think he will walk. Why not? I will miss the Bearded Wonder, but you know what? He's back this year, so I'm happy. The pack is back. What? Well, our father is convinced that Nick Falls is going to come to the Broncos. And <sighs> let's just say that Fitzy only had a one-year deal, so we have a chance of getting him next year. So, nice. come on. Come on. Come on. All right, ladies, yeah. let's get into this Josh Gordon thing, because if everybody can remember correctly, people were drafting him last year, and he never played. People are definitely going to be drafted in this year. I moved him up the rankings to 39, right ahead of Corey Coleman, his teammate. What do you guys feel about him? What are your feelings now that he's been reinstated, missing four games? I'm not there yet. I, I feel like uh, Gordon is going to be out again for a few weeks because um, of his quad injury. He was electric in 2013. You know, let's remind you, 1,646 yards and nine touchdowns in 14 games. That's irrational. That's irrational. Yeah, or awesome. Right, but 2013 was a very different year than today. Today's 2016, just three years ago. Mm. Not one year ago, not two years ago three years ago, and I was just in a draft where he went in the third round, That's and that <laughs> is insane. Um, I just think that they did this on purpose, though, because his game coming back is against the Patriots when Tom Brady comes back. I, think I it's love it. all a PR stunt right there, ladies and gentlemen, and filled with fantasy gold. Woo! Excited. Ashley, what Who do you knew? think? I really like Gordon, and he's a talented player. I am thrilled. Thrilled. That he's back, not third round Thurled, but happy nonetheless. Um, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for happy endings and, and for second and, and third chances. You know, hopefully it won't be like fourth or fifth chances. But you know, the issue is that we have no clue if this will be a happy ending, right? And if he is going to be on the straight and arrow now, and can he stay clean? Is he in football shape? As we said, he's out with a quad injury and he hasn't worked out in an NFL capacity in over a year. You know, and so for this reason, I am staying somewhat conservative on him till I can see what he can do once he's healed from that quad injury. Um, if he's in good shape, they will find a place for him. Corey Coleman or not, they will find plays for him. He's a talented player. Luckily, most of you will not have to draft this early, so you'll have some time to get an actual look at him, so be patient. Don't go crazy and grab him third round if you are in a draft. That's just far too high. Because, again, I mean, even just working out at home is far different than working out in, 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 with the NFL team and NFL capacity and NFL trainers. He's got to get back into shape. I mean, if we've already got quad injuries with a year of rest, that's not a great sign to me. So yep. um, I like him. I'm thrilled. I'm hopeful. Don't stretch for him. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's crazy. I mean, I, I just don't see him playing more than six games this season. Wow, that's Ooh. a hot take. Bold. I really I don't. Like it. I, I, I mean, I think he'll be lucky if he gets six games in. The fact that he's already injured by just getting on the field, you know, as we said, it's been since 2013 since he's played. And I just, and the fact, you know, it's just, the whole thing just really freaks me out. And he's kind of one of those players that, like, puts it all out there, which is great, but when you haven't played in such a long time, it's like, boom, injury. You know, and his remember. body's not in the thing where it's, like, healing super fast either. You know? Yeah. Well, he's only come along once in a blue moon. Definitely isn't going to heal you fast know? with so, no weed, right? So, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think they, I think they didn't... 
I guess I would say this. They drafted Corey Coleman in the first round for a reason, and then they drafted four other wide receivers too. So they weren't planning on him, and I I think that they'd be okay if it didn't happen. They still really like Terrell Pryor. I know that sounds crazy, but the guy's oh, still on the team, you guys. Here we are, Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor's no Josh Gordon. Obviously not, obviously gonna, not. They will adjust. They will shift. If Gordon plays, right. he's in the starting lineup. But we're oh, trying to yeah. get to that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. But like fantasy wise, I think it's a big gamble and I think a third round pick is insane. Literally yeah. insane. Crazy. So Jordy Nelson had a hiccup in his knee. I don't know what the hell that is, but what do you guys think? Can we trust him? He's already getting injured. I love July. I love this. A hiccup. I get it. I have kidney stones in my knees all the time too. You know, it's had me out for years. <laughs> years. Um for so a second, I, I didn't get it. I get it. <laughs> you didn't get it? It's because no, you're, not, it it's you're like, not quite as medically um, misfortunate as I am. Love it. I'm constantly anyway. broken. I'm surprised I'm still alive, quite honestly. <laughs> She's had hiccups everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I, am, I am myself a giant hiccup. So, oh, my God. Um, I love it. But... You know, honestly, this is him just playing off the insignificance of the injury, and I believe him. It's it's in the same realm of the seriousness of, like, a whoopsie-daisy, in my opinion. I mean, this is, you know, he said he'll be back for sure for the regular season, and the good news is that this is not on the right knee, which is where he tore the ACL that had him out last season. So, again, this isn't the same knee, so it's not, you don't need to be worried about this being the same injury or that it's not healed and whatnot. It's in his left knee, and I'm sure they're just being conservative because there really is no reason to bring him back and play week one of just training camp after being out a year if we've got, you know, potentially a knee that is probably a little sore, a little overcompensated for because of the injury. I mean, they're just not rushing in. There's no need to. I'm not worried about this at all. Brandon? I don't love it. They just announced it's knee tendinitis in the uh, opposite knee that he had the surgery on, and it was basically because he was overcompensating and training too hard to get back. I get it. The thing is, is that, you know, we were just talking about Josh Gordon and coming back and getting back into football shape. Well, Josh Gordon's 25, just turned. Jordy Nelson's 31. And to be fair, though, three out of the last four seasons prior to last season where he sat out, he had 1,200 or more yards. Not just 1,000, 1,200 or more yards in a season. Yeah. So I, I have a hard time taking him out of the wide receiver one conversation, but I'm not quite... I personally haven't pulled the trigger on him yet. I have. Something has me a little nervous. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Well, and if you take Jordy out of the equation, you take Randall Cobb out of the equation, mm -hmm. possibly Eddie Lacy out of the equation, Aaron Rodgers out of the equation. It's, just, it's like a quick dominoes effect. We saw it last year, and that's what really scares me. It's like Jordy doesn't just affect – it doesn't – it's not just him. He's not just the only player you have to look out for if he's injured. You have to look at now the whole offense. And that that really scares me. So I was really upset. I was really looking forward to Devontae Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been waiting all, all summer for it. <laughs> oh, so funny. All right, enough about news. Let's dive right into this running backs now. Make sure you hop over to HerFantasyFootball.com to get our full rankings um, of all positions. Top 10. Todd Gurley. Starting it off, man. Wow. Here we go. Ash Ashley does the running back rankings. She's got him at Todd. I agree, Ashley. Todd goes first. 
That's right. David Johnson, <laughs> Adrian right. Peterson, Devontae Freeman, Ezekiel Elliott, Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, Doug Martin, and Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Free Lamar. Free Lamar. <laughs> All right, guys. At this moment, Bell will be absent for the first four games. We have him ranked at seven. You know, it is he good enough to be going as your first running back? I mean, not that he's good enough. Obviously, we know he's good enough. But are we going to get that out of him? He got injured last year after missing four games. Another one of these. I missed time. You get hurt. Uh, what do you guys think? Where are you going to take him? So do you ever do your rankings and you feel really good about it and then you look at it later and you're like, why did I have him over him? Do you ever do this? Yes. <laughs> just me? Anyway, I feel good about my rankings because I had to go back and look at it again for this show because we just did them, updated them this morning and then did it. I was like, all right, I feel good about this. And You know, I had Le'Veon Bell at the top last week, but with the news that he will be out four games, I have dropped him down to the seventh spot. Granted, he thinks that he will be able to turn it over in his appeal. I'm not so sure, but until then, I'm not drafting him um, right away. I think that I might be able to bump him back up depending on how that appeal goes. If it's two games, that's far different than four games. Um, but this certainly bumps D'Angelo Williams up in the rankings as well, and his value is just a completely different level now that Bell might be out. So for me, even with four games, Le'Veon Bell is still an RB1, but I'm not willing to take him in the 1-2-3 slot if he's going to be out four games. It's too rich for my taste if you're out four. When he was out two, I, could, I, I still justify and I drafted him because I was like, two games I can handle. <laughs> Especially if you grab D'Angelo Williams as your handcuff then you're not really using fantasy value per se. But for me, with four games and things being pending, I had to drop him down to at least a seven spot, which still keeps him an RB1, but at least not as high value. Brandon? Yeah, I think this is a guy that's going to get himself in trouble. I think I can safely say that. Uh, I, I think that one of two things is going to happen. Either one, they're going to run him into the ground because it's his contract year. And I'm talking like DeMarco Murray in Dallas kind of style. Just run, run, run the second that he gets back. Or two, Tomlin says you need to earn your position back. And he does a more of a timeshare with... Um, D'Angelo Williams. Now, obviously, D'Angelo Williams is not the same level as Le'Veon Bell, but last season he kind of kind of was. He could be, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Mike Tomlin has a really interesting personality and coaching style, so I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen here. I will say that if you're going to draft Le'Veon Bell, you have to, you just have to commit yourself to the handcuff. You have to. You just I don't understand. I mean, I, but you know what? I'm okay with that because 9.5. Out of 10 times, I'm going to want the running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers on my fantasy football team. So I'm okay with it being those two guys that I have to choose from. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, 33, but don't worry about it. He actually has only had 200 or more carries in two seasons uh, since 2010. One was last season. He had exactly 200, and then 201 in 2013. So... He hasn't so he's been basically used that much. 26. He's basically 26, I'd say. Basically crush. 26. Crush. Right. Slightly <laughs> older than Josh Gordon. <laughs> Slightly. I so, say that all the time. I can see Tomlin doing what you're saying, though, Brandon. I can absolutely say, I'm done with your shenanigans, Bell. I'm done with it. You know the rules. You constantly break them. Earn your spot. Well, he's not going to get $15 million guaranteed in Pittsburgh next year. I can tell you that right now. Like he thought he was going to get in that song. What was it? Focus? Mm -hmm. 
the wraps on. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So, but or they're going to run them like crazy. They might be like, you know what? Then we're going to get our championship out of you before we're going to let you go. Yeah, and if they do that, he's going to get hurt. So I am all in on D'Angelo. I am saying, uh, I would stretch for him and snatch him for whoever drafted Lady on Bell. I know that's Whoa. not nice, but I would too. You know what? Yeah. Uh, sorry, you snooze, you lose. If they don't take the hand, he this D'Angelo. Unfortunately, if you invest in Le'Veon Bell, you have to invest in D'Angelo, and you have to do it a lot sooner than you ever would with anybody else. The handcuff, because of the offense and because it's D'Angelo, and you saw what he was able to do last year when Le'Veon Bell was out. So. If some people aren't going to be willing to take him as high as you, I mean, hello, even if you get good four games out of him, sometimes that's going to be a lot better than you're going to get out of a, you know, running back to another places. Well, I have, um, you don't know what Melvin Gordon's going to do this year. Yeah. You know? No, you don't not know. You don't know what life. Isaiah Corral is going to do. You know, like, you don't. But you you can win on Isaiah Corral though. You, you could win absolutely. In the six. Absolutely. You, you can to some extent wait with Williams. I have him ranked higher than most people, um, and I am at thirty five out of running backs. So it's not like you have to take D'Angelo in the third round. But it's not like you're going to stretch like no, in that no, sense. No, no, you're still going to get great value for him, even if you, if you stretch compared to, you know, some of our right. counterparts rankings. You're still going to get good value for D'Angelo Williams where you take him. He's the Absolutely. best. He's the best. He's the gold standard for handcuffs. It's like if you want the best tight end, you got to take him in the first round. If you want the best handcuff, you got to take him in the sixth. There you go. Facts. All right, guys. We have Adrian Peterson at number three and Jamal Charles at number six. Both oldies. Love them. Both coming back from injuries late in their career. Obviously, Jamal Charles is more recent. How do you feel about drafting these two, Brandon? I'm a Jamal Charles believer, and I will be forever. The guy's never gone, he has never averaged less than 5.0 yards per carry. And to put that into perspective, not one person last season with more than 150 carries averaged five yards per carry. Not one. He's That's done it awesome. every year. Every year. So even if he loses a step, he still is better than everyone else. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, yeah. It is what it is. And and by the way, AP hasn't gone over five yards per carry since 2012. We were talking about Josh Gordon in 2013. This is a year even beyond that. So, listen, I, I think the difference is that AP gets a lot of carries. He, gets, he had the most carries last year. He's going to continue getting the most carries. Um, but I, I still, I don't know. I just feel like I'm cool with getting, it's kind of the Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams thing. I'm cool with getting Jamal Charles and then getting Trekandrick West and Spencer Ware later. Yes, I could even have three Kansas City running backs, maybe. I mean, depending on how deep your bench is. Yeah, it's true. I'm in crazy leagues of huge benches. Why not? Yeah. So what are you thinking? I mean, I feel okay about both of them. I feel better about AP than Charles as it stands today. Um, you know, and according to the, or according to the talk, all the updates leading up to training camp was that Charles would be ready by the start of training camp. Uh, and well, here we are, and here he is on the pup list. Like, like Brandon said, I don't feel great about that because to me that tells me there's a setback because everything we've been hearing up to this is that he would be ready this week for the start of training camp. And the fact that there's also no set date of return 
um, makes me a little bit nervous. I do think that he'll be ready by the start of the season. Um, and, and don't be surprised if you see me adjusting him up a little bit here and there just because I need to see his readiness to see where you should draft him. But with that said, I'm not worried about him re-tearing his ACL or anything like that. Uh, it's just a matter of whether he'll be football ready, but he's a pro. He's doing this for a while. He knows what he needs to do to get into football shape. He knows what he needs to do to be prepared for the season. It's not a new offense for him, so it's not like he has to learn a new playbook. Um, so either way, he's still a top 10 back. And his brand said, it's crazy. Five yards, per, that's your average per carry? That's, that's insane. Yeah, um, at but least. I do, I do like the fact that, again, you got to handcuff yourself to some extent because of a little bit injury prone in the last two years. Um by the way, he's, he's an RB1 for sure. And for AP, that's a green light go. He has shown no sign of slowing down. So until he proves to me that life is over after 30, I'm not buying it. And I feel just fine. He, he fell into the top three last year. He could do definitely top 10 this year. I'm not concerned about it. Another great handcuff, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, yeah. I think he is Minnesota's future. I think he might see the ball more than he has previously. So I am totally okay with drafting AP and then getting Jarek McKinnon later on, for sure. Because if AP does go down because he's old, it is possible. You know, he's a freak athlete, but it's very possible he could go down again. <coughs> Jarek McKinnon's going to be right there to pick up the slack. <coughs> There's not as much competition in Minnesota as it is in, in Kansas City. But you know what? Jamal Charles is such a sensitive soul that I feel like if he thought he couldn't perform at the level he expected of himself, he would retire. I know he's still young. Yeah. I think he's turning yeah. 30 this year, this December. I think he turns 30. Um, but 30 is like, you know. The new 50 in the NFL. Yeah, you're, you're in the grave <laughs> at 30 if you're running back. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I just, if I, I feel like if he believes in him, I believe in him. And I don't say that about much, <laughs> many athletes, but like, Jamal's so sensitive that I just feel like, you know, he wouldn't keep it. He wouldn't keep going. If he couldn't do it, he wouldn't do it. So, I'll also I'm, say I interviewed Chakendrick West on the Bleacher Report radio show, and he was like, I'm just honored to be able to play football with Jamal Charles. I mean, Jamal Charles is still the number. Like, no one is taking away Jamal Charles' job, but they no. are going to give him less work to keep him healthy. healthy. I'm sorry. So, let me correct myself. When I said competition in Kansas, I meant, like, behind Jamal. Oh, yeah, between Charkander yeah. Plus and Spencer. Yeah. You're totally right on that, yeah. But <laughs> not, I'm saying, not, like... Charles is fine. He's got the job. And, yes, he might get a little bit more rest, <laughs> but it's his job. Which is good. Yeah. It is good. Absolutely. Yes, it's great, especially for running backs, because I'm so depressed, because running backs are just not what they used to be anymore. Mm -hmm. Sad. But we got a new one this year, Ezekiel Elliott. He's been in the news a bit... <laughs> This last week or so, um, this is a rookie year for him. Uh, the offense is set up for him to have a huge year. Well, do you believe he is worth taking with your first pick overall with all the drama? I think he's going to be able to handle it and not get in trouble and, and are suspended. Hmm. This is a tough one because I, I will not end up being in this position because I'm going to go wide receiver first. So... I won't even, this isn't even like a debate in my head because I know I'm not going to get Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, I'm not sure, but I, I'm not sure I would choose him anyway unless he fell to me, you know, for the, you know, because then it's actually good value. But I don't know if I'd choose him for the fact that A, he's a rookie, B, he has a pending domestic assault charge looming over his head right now, which might lead to him not being as focused as he could be. Um, 
and you know, and he's got some solid running backs behind him if he falters. So with that said, I think the Cowboys are committed to Ezekiel Elliott, and he will play Week One if no charges are pressed. Um, if I had to roll with a rookie, it, it is in the running back position, but I'd rather get a receiver and take an Eddie Lacy in the second round and get a top running back from the next tier than me roll in Ezekiel Elliott. I know it's hard to say because I went and talked Gurley last year and that panned out. Um, the Cowboys got a great offensive line. They're going to have to depend on that run, especially with Tony Romo. So I do think he will do well. I just think there's a lot of potential outside factors going, and for the fact that I mean, I was able to get Todd Gurley, I think, in the 10th spot, whereas Ezekiel Elliott's going a lot higher than Todd Gurley went last year, at least in the drafts I was in. So it's, he's too high for me. Yeah, he graded out as the best blocker in, like, college history, basically. Um, that's what I like the most about him is that they never have to take him off the field. He can do anything. So that's great. Uh, as far as the uh, charges are concerned, you know, hey, I, I actually am innocent until proven guilty type of person. Um, but the NFL is going to be doing an investigation. And, yeah, that's not the best way to start off your rookie season no. uh, when you're supposed to be this superstar of a team and you got all this other stuff on your plate. Also, it happened on his birthday. I mean, it just it loom over anybody's <laughs> head. This is an interesting. I really, you know, again, and it's totally <laughs> guilty. But this is a case that could be. I really don't know. Don't, and I, don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, because the witnesses said it didn't happen. That's a little weird to me. I mean, there are a lot of little weird things. Um, but let me tell you, I, I think that if he does play, he's going to be fantastic. And um, but I'm not taking him in the. I'm kind of like you, Ashley. I just I'm not taking a, a running back in the first round unless I'm at the at the turn. And uh, if I'm like towards the end, and that's where I got Gurley. I got Gurley on, on the turn. Right. Yeah. And I just and, I can't take a rookie at five. Can you? But that's what I'm saying. He's not going at the turn. He's going at like Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I just area. took Ezekiel Elliott at sixth pack. But a dynasty league, though. But it that's is a the dynasty thing. league. Dynasty, it he's a obviously dynasty yes. league. Yes. So you know, AP and all those guys are still going to be on the board and into the yes. third round. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough, and I, whether it, he did it or not, it's a distraction. And I mm -hmm. hate when players go into the season with distractions like that. We all saw what happened to Marius Thomas with his mother being released from prison and how much that was weighed on him. You know, now, whether he did it or not, people are looking at him because not everybody is your proven innocent until, you know, proven guilty, or you're innocent until proven guilty. So it's just going it, to be weighing on him. People are going to be saying stuff to him, you know? And... Uh, and the good. Cowboys have to account for the possibility that he might not be playing for a certain amount of time. So how does this change the Cowboys' preparation of training camp at this point? Yeah, I mean... Now, oh, I, think I think they're full steam ahead. I don't think they think anything's going to happen. Sure, but I Jones. will say, this is the same team that also took Greg Hardy on. It's, it's true. You know, so they just kind of, you know, and they have a lot of suspended players. They're actually going to get fined for it. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, That's there's a lot going nice. on with the Cowboys. So in general, I'm a little concerned about the Cowboys. I'm mostly concerned about Tony Romo. Again, and that's why people aren't drafting Des Bryant too, right? Because he's mm -hmm. so Tony Romo dependent. Now, Darren McFadden was great. So you'd think that Ezekiel Elliott's going to be great. But yeah, I mean, he's just going to rich for my blood. But he'll be great. He's just probably not going to be on my team. Yep, there we go. Personally. 
All right, Lamar Miller finds himself a new team with the Houston Texans, and I can't believe he is in the top ten. Listen, I don't know why, but I just cannot believe in Lamar Miller. Really? I don't know if it's just because Miami Do- the Miami Dolphins just screwed me all over everywhere yes last year. <laughs> but I just like I, I I'm having a hard time looking any of them straight in the face. And uh but I just Okay. I mean, who was the number one running back for Houston last year? Right. They didn't have a team. Alfred last Blue. Year. Alfred Blue. How'd that work out? It's not good. It's not good. Gee, Courtney, that was I'm a just saying. <laughs> just saying, like Lamar it, Miller is better than Alfred <laughs> Blue, though. Sure. Oh, come on. That's not even a sentence. That's not even, <laughs> like, come on now. No, he is. He is. It's just I don't know. I just don't think it's like set up for like this like successful season. But yeah, I, again, there's like barely any competition for him at all. So he will be the main back. It's just mm, I don't know. But convince me, ladies. What do you think? Is he worthy of your of your draft pick? I I I love him mostly because I think they're gonna have to run because they have Brock Osweiler as a quarterback. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I you know I think they wanted to run. It's just Arian Foster couldn't stay healthy. Um, they even wanted to do little passes out of the backfield. That's actually where Arian Foster, when he did play, really excelled. Uh, so I think that they'll probably do that. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to be good at football when you only get nine carries in a game as the starter. And that's what they did to Lamar Miller last year in Miami. So I, I don't want to judge him on those games because what what could he do? We got nine carries. Yeah. So right. I'm, multiple times. The Dolphins were a hot mess. By the way, I'm not buying that oh. Adam Gase is going to go in there and just make magic happen in one year. I think that's also way over the top. But... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know. I mean, I maybe I'm delusional. I, I just kind of accepted that he's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, though, Courtney, because I do the rankings, and I couldn't believe myself I was putting him in the top ten. It makes me sick to my stomach it, looking at know, the running back rankings. It really does. I mean, but, it really makes me sick because it's like, oh, my God, all the good running backs aren't even in the top, top ten. Not all of them, but, like, you know, like the ones that we just like, you know, like Sean McCoy and, you know, Matt Forte and all those guys that I feel comfortable with taking. Well, that's the thing about rankings is you got to you got to look and say projection wise, what could they do? Lamar I Miller, know. based on the fact, as Brandon said, Brock Eisweiler, you've got a, a newly starting quarterback in the NFL. They're going to do dump off passes. It's going to take a while for that offense to gel. It's going to take a while for the receivers and them to learn all their paths in their routes. He's going to get action. And even though he's one of those kind of, you know, players that you think does horrible, he still was the sixth highest scoring running back last year. Yes, he was. So even though mm. he only got nine carries and he had a completely inconsistent play because of the inconsistent offensive play calling there, he still was able to be the sixth highest scoring running back. So that has to tell me that if he's going to a team that is going to have to rely on him for the offense, he certainly can break in the top ten. But I hear you, Courtney. Miami flashbacks. It stresses me out, too, because all I do is I see in my head the bad games where he had nine carries and he got me one point, and I'm like, I would never draft this guy. But it's a new team, you know? It's a new team. (sighs) Okay, well, I'll try to get my head around it. I really will. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm, I'm... I'm scared. Here are our next uh, 10 running backs. At number 11, we have Mark Ingram, 
LaShawn McCoy, CJ Anderson, Carlos Hyde, Matt Forte, Jeremy Hill, Thomas Rawls, Latavius Murray, DeMarco Murray, and Jonathan Stewart finishing off the top 20. Ladies, which two running backs stands out to you that you must have? Sean McCoy is so underrated. I know. <laughs> I just I, <laughs> Carlos Williams is suspended and came into camp with pregnancy weight. This is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't. I think it's called sympathy, sympathy weight. Sympathy weight. Yeah. Sympathy weight. Mike Gillisley is still on the team, and remember us laughing about that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he'll maybe take some carries, but I think Michelle McCoy is still going to be the guy. And I know he had a rough off season, but he's a character. He always has a rough off season. So it's part of the fun. Yeah, you know, it's part of the vibe. Uh, I, as far as I know, he's going to be the main guy, and Rex Ryan likes to ground and pound, so I'm fine with him, and I think out of all these guys, he has the best chance of being in the top five. Um, I think Matt Forte is like just PPR gold forever. I, I, you know, They mm-hmm. also have Bilal Powell, though, who also is PPR gold, so it'll be interesting to see how they share those carries, but now that they have Fitzpatrick back and everything else is on, you know... All cylinders up go. And up. Um, yeah, why not? Up and up here. Up and up. Ashley? Well, it's funny because I didn't even list LaShawn McCoy in this list because to me he's one of the guys I target. Like I said, I'm not going for the Ezekiel Elliott's. I'm going for me too. Eddie Lacy, LaShawn McCoy. Bottom of the top tier and the top of the second tier I kind of consider really interchangeable. Really, really interchangeable. But you know, I have my eyes out of this list on Matt Forte and Latavius Murray. I have really good feelings about Forte this year. You know, on a team with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, especially now that our bearded wonder Fitzy is back and that he is signed back on, they have a complete offense, more so than they had last year. You know, they finished second last year. They got a real chance to do well this year, and I think Forte brings exactly what they needed into this package. I don't see signs of him backing down. He still had a great season last year, even though the Bears were a hot mess. So I don't think it's going to be any different. I feel really good about him. Um, and Murray, he did really well last year, too, with the Raiders, you know, and they're a young team, and they're only going to gel more and get better. And, you know, Murray is their guy and is a solo back, so you got him and Forte. I think they could both – they both landed A in the top ten last year, I'd like to point out, and they both have a good chance of doing the same thing this year. And for where you can get them, and I have them ranked higher than most, <laughs> uh, you know, you're looking at, what, that's 15th and 18th? For guys that landed in the top ten last year, it's, it's yeah. really good value for where you can get them. Forte is going in the end of the third round. Yeah. So if he's your, let's say you went wide receiver, wide receiver, and you decided, well, you know what, I'll just throw a dart on Matt Forte. I I don't know. I mean, I go back and forth about it. Maybe I'm too excited about Fitzy. Do you think that's what happened And I said, we both said Forte? Do you think that's no. it? No, no. I don't, no, I don't magic think so thing. at all. I think that this is like the value list. Like, yeah, true. I mean, I mean, these. This is to me. This is the value list. This is like, go wide receivers, guys, because and get these eleven guys. through twenty is just as good. I mean, it could be just as good. I'm not like you know, super excited. A couple of them, but I'm really interested to see what Carlos Hyde does this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very new team. I have a feeling they're going to be running a lot. Um, 
but I kind of have a thing with San Francisco this year. I feel like they might kind of drafting Tory Smith a lot, and I'm kind of into it. I know. I'm obsessed I know. with Bruce Ellington. I miss our wide receiver show, but I'm obsessed with Bruce Ellington. <laughs> yeah. See, it's clinically. Like, yeah, I feel like Carlos Hyde. We saw that that spurt at the beginning of the season last year, and like what he's capable of doing. I feel like that could happen throughout the season this year, if San Francisco keeps it together and if he can keep it together. I, I kind of pretty excited about him. And Jonathan Stewart at 20, I mean, I think that's such a good value pick. You know, it's hard because yeah. we have history with Jonathan Stewart previous yeah. to last year, but that to me is just such a great value pick at 20. I just don't know how you can't do that. Those are my two in this on this particular list I'm into. He's going at the end of the fifth, Courtney. You're totally right. Fifth yeah. round. Fifth round. I mean, that's just on a running team. Yeah. Yep. Which running back are you guys staying away from this year out of that list? Well, it's funny you just brought up Carlos Hyde because he's one of the ones I'm staying away from. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it, it's, well I, he's risky. It's, they all are. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Running backs I, in general are. Yeah. I have no <laughs> real sound reason for not wanting him or targeting him. I have no reason. There's nothing I can statistically say <laughs> as to why I do not like Carlos Hyde. Because he plays for the 49ers in that it's a fe- I mean, That's it is. Enough. I mean, he's That's on a enough. team with a horrible offense. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's had injuries. No quarterback. And for me, like you said, I look at these this group of 10 of these, I think you nailed it perfectly, these value guys. These guys are this the value category. And for me... There are just other guys I would rather take on this list than Carlos Hyde just because he's a little bit risky for me. Um, it's one of those things where sometimes there's situations where you look at a guy and you're like, you know what, he could blow up and he should blow up. He's got the talent and the tools, but I'm okay missing out on that because I'd rather miss out on that than have the buyer's remorse that I picked Hyde up and boom, he goes back out, second game of the year, and there's Carlos Hyde gone again the whole season. Stinks. I don't have major problems with a lot of these. I, I would say one that I'm avoiding is Chris Ivory. I actually think they're going to go back to TJ Yeldon. TJ Yeldon was fine. Their offensive line was terrible. So I, I think that he won't be as involved as I think. But um, I guess if you really put me to it, uh, CJ Anderson, I can't decide if he's the deal of the century or if I'm going to stay away from him. I can't, yeah. And it's one or the other. I don't know which it is. Too. It's CJ Anderson. It has to be because there's Devontae <sighs> Booker that everybody keeps talking about. Sign Ronnie Hellman again. Yeah. It's going to be running back by committee. There's attitudes, I feel like, in the backfield there. There's conflict with the coaches, I just feel. And they're, yeah, it's not my favorite situation. Granted, they will be running a lot in Denver, right? I mean, that's one positive thing. Supposedly, they're going to be running a lot. But even after Ronnie Hillman had more yards than Anderson last year. That's what I'm saying. But they but, continue to go to Anderson. And I, and I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I understand I get it and there's injuries involved. But I, I agree, Brand. That's that's a rather have forte. Yeah. I didn't have any C.J. Anderson last season, and I have a feeling I'm going for a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, me, me neither. I don't. I don't. I'm not into it. Can't. Can't do it. All right. Unlike the wide receivers, running backs are not deep at all. So, where do you guys cut off in our rankings? Um, so make sure you hop over to herfantasyfootball.com so you can check out our rankings. But where do you guys cut off for like your starting lineup? So, your top two running backs, and then where do you cut off? 
Well, I mean, I, I, like, I like a lot of little people. I mean, it depends on, again, always, always, always read your settings. Is it PPR? Do you get 0.25 points for a carry? I mean, there's all sorts of crazy things that people do. And so every setting kind of has a different, you know, diamond in the rough. But I guess, like, when I'm looking through here, it kind of depends. If I went wide receiver early, you know, if I'm in a PPR league, I'm fine starting a Charles Sims. I actually do like Isaiah Crowell this year. Uh, I know everyone is all about Duke Johnson, which I also like him. But uh, you know, man, if if he's if he's the Jeremy Hill of the Hugh Jackson, and Duke Johnson's Giovanni Bernard, well, Jeremy Hill has outscored Giovanni Bernard in every format over the last two seasons. So. That has some value. I mean, even LeGarrette Blunt, I think especially the first four games, I think they're going to run a lot with Jimmy Garoppolo out there. So, I mean, that's probably maybe Theo Riddick is where I start getting scared. Chris Johnson, Jordan Howard. There's, now we're in the people that need assistance to become fantasy relevant. I guess so. That, that would be my area. Right, Ashley? Fair enough. I had to go back to our rankings to see where the cut is because based off what we just talked about in terms of our top 20, all of those guys are starters. You know, every single league you're going to have at least two starting running backs. Um, so every single guy we've talked about is a starter, even though we all are like, oh, I don't know about Carlos Hyder, CJ Anderson. To some extent, they're all starters still in, in the general standard formats. So for me, when it comes to where the cutoff is in terms of where's the third guy you start, and if you're starting that third guy, it's generally in a flex role. And again, Know, you, know your settings, like Brandon is saying, because a lot of times I start a wide receiver versus a running back in a flex. But for me, that cutoff came at 23rd, which ends at Giovanni Bernard, and Jeremy Langford is above that, so he's lumped into that group. And, you know, I think both those guys could be in a starting role as a flex, and I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say that every single week you are basically looking at that guy to fill your flex role. You may switch it out depending on if you've got a wide receiver that's got a fantastic matchup. I think for the most part, those guys are your guaranteed guys. The rest of the guys in terms of the Duke Johnsons of the world, the Matt Jones, the Deion Lewises, they are all matchup guys. So for me, they're not a guaranteed starter, but they're the matchup guys that kind of Brandon was saying, the theoretics and such, know your settings, know who you're playing, because they could be a fantastic flex play, but I'm not, it's not, I'm not guaranteeingly looking at them to be in my roster every single week. Yeah, it kind of gets tough because, I mean, I'd hate to have Melvin Gordon in my lineup ever, but I feel like, same with Frank Gore. I don't know why, but he just, like, worries me that he'll, like, But if you look, he actually, croak. he fell in, like, the top 25 last year. He I, always does. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though yards. he Unbelievable. horrible, <laughs> he's he fell in the top 25. And he's got yeah. work back. Right, right. He's the and, Joseph Adai of our times. He's way better than the Joseph Adai. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. That was me. Don't that was me. me. That was me. I didn't mean that. I, I, well, Joseph Adai sometimes had better stats. Sorry. Too. Like, really? Yeah, well, sorry. True, I but... am sorry, Frank Gore. You are better. I actually really like Frank Gore. I, I really like him. But, yeah, he's getting older. It's different. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think that the, this position is terrible because every year we're like, I wouldn't ever start this person. And then Darren McFadden's a top ten guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> every year it's just a, a hot mess. Yeah, I guess to me it's like when you start seeing doubles from the same team, other right. than Cincinnati. Yeah. I I kind of start mm, get nervous. Yeah, so right around thirty-ish is where I'm about cutting it off. I am on board with Brandon for the Browns though. I drafted Isaiah Crowell in one of my leagues over Duke Johnson actually. Um, 
because well, I could have got Duke. I didn't want to take him because I thought the, I thought he was taking too high for where I wanted him, so he went off the board. But I knew I could get Isaiah Crowell way low. Like I think I got him in like the 19th or 20th round in the Scott Fishbowl League, and I was like, I feel great about that value there. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. For the value, it's good. Yeah. All right, Arian Foster has a life again. Yes. <laughs> I'm using not apparent not according to Ashley. <laughs> According to Ashley. What do you guys expect of him this year? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm not gonna like lose it and jump him up into the top ten here. I mean, here's the thing. While you know, I hope for greatness. I'm not sure that I'm not on the IJ, sorry, J I J E train. So I'm not on his train, but I have to wait and see how he does in training camp to bump him up. You know, I'm not going to be bumping up a whole lot more in the top 30, though, as he is injury prone and he's in a new offense. It's you know, beforehand he would get hurt, and, and he's one of those guys that would get hurt mid mid season for like two three games and then come back and play awesome. And you knew he was a guy that you still picked up because when he was healthy he had great games, and then he'd get hurt, and he'd be out, and then you'd, you'd play him again and three weeks later, and he had a great game. But he's in a new offense. That was a lot easier to do when you were in the offense that you grew up in. This is a completely new offense. So for me, I need to see that he's actually healthy, that he's actually going to play. The coaches seem to be liking him a lot, but they won't commit to any sort of usage and, and, and ratio of shares that they're going to have. He's, he's, you know, Jay Ajayi is allegedly still their guy, so for me, it's hard for me to bump him up because I think people are prematurely bumping him up too soon. And then if you have a draft right now, uh, little re reaching a little bit in my opinion. Brandon? Yeah. Well, he played in four games last, last season. Only 163 rushing yards, one touchdown. But he put up 227 receiving yards off of 22 catches and two touchdowns. So... I think they're going to use him in the passing game and have Jay Ajayi run the ball. And that's what... Well, they haven't had him practicing, actually, in routes. Yeah. I think they're going to... I think that's what they're going to try to do because, let's put it this way, Ryan Tannehill needs help. Yes. And and the jump-off jump to Foster will be perfect. What? So, I and, think... And what, Jordan Cameron's not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> I... I I am overwhelmed the worst. with the worst. Miami sometimes. But I will say that I think he'll be involved in PPR leagues more than... than I mean, I, I, I don't think I'll get him in any standard leagues unless something crazy happens. But PPR leagues, maybe. I mean, where would you guys put him right now? I have him ranked 37, so I don't have him ranked crazy low. He's 37. Yeah, he's above your, he's above Charles Sims, he's above Isaiah Crowell. He's just barely below D'Angelo Williams. He's above Legarrette Blount. He's above Theo Riddick and Chris Johnson. I mean, where would you put him right now? No, I think that's fair. My main issue is I think they're also going to use him as a receiver, but now he's not only has to learn the running back position in terms of the offense of Miami, but he's got to learn the wide receiver position as well to a great extent well, in Miami. I think they'll have him still line up as a running back, but they'll just have a dump off. I mean, I don't know. I think of him as like, I think what they want to do is have him be the Danny Woodhead. I was going to say, I would put him right in between Danny and TJ is where I would put him. I think that that's kind of like who who he'll be. Um. 
but we don't know. I mean, so three spots higher than I have him. Yeah, not, not drastic. Not no, yet. absolutely not. I, I wouldn't say you did a bad job. I no, didn't say no, we're not you, saying that. No, no, no. I just think you're like Ashley hates him, and I'm like, no, no. But both? some people moved him up into like, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying too rich. It's a little too rich. Yeah, it's a little too rich. No, but I mean, like, if you're asking me, I, you know, Amir Abdullah has more upside, maybe. But am I comfortable? I don't know. I mean, you know, that's what's so hard about rankings. It's they're like, all, well, yeah. At that point, they're all a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Quite honestly, yeah. guys, if I get some good news, I'm probably bumping him up into the top 30 above Melvin Gordon. I just need, I need a week. I need totally. a week to see, flesh it out a little it. bit more. One well, the magic's it. back, so now anything's possible. That's right. The magic is I think 37 there. is fine. I'm just saying you obviously weren't making a statement that you were like, he's back. Yeah, no. I already drafted him in one of my links before he was on the team. Um, Good for and you. I'm super excited about him. I got him for like nothing, nothing. So uh, I. It's a great value. Yeah, and <laughs> again, it's Miami, so you don't know what's gonna happen. But I think that he's going to do well. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we celebrated when he found a team, and we had a big, nice steak dinner to celebrate Arian Foster. Yeah. Uh, a little extra protein for us, for him. Uh, keep him healthy. <laughs> but we're you into vicariously I, for him. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm giving it to him. Um, but I'm into him. I'm excited. I, I, I can't wait. I think that he's going to do a lot better. I think he's going to be one of those value picks at the end of the year. People are going to be like, wow. <laughs> I can't believe I got him and Matt Forte in the third and you know, sixth round. You know, I'm into it. All right, it's that time again, ladies. It's the quick fire in two sentences. Who would you rather draft on our fantasy football island? You only get one, folks. <laughs> All right, guys. Chris Ivory or TJ Yeldon? Both make me nervous as neither has been a standout on a consistent basis, but hence how we end up in a split carry situation. So because of this and the fact the team is choosing to roll with the new guy as their RB1, despite Yeldon knowing the offense is curious to me, which makes me choose Ivory, although I don't feel good about either. Brandon. I'm going uh, Yeldon, A, because Chris Ivory has an injury history that makes me uncomfortable. And B, he wasn't that terrible. It was the offensive line. So I think he's improved his physique. I'm in. All right. I'm into Ivory, Ashley. I think I'm with you on this one. I just feel like... Although he's injury prone, I feel like Jacksonville is going to get the ball around a lot. The defense is on fire. I feel like he's not going to need to do as much. Therefore, he's going to have a larger impact when he gets the ball. So I'm into Chris Ivory. Jeremy Langford or Melvin Gordon? Oh. Oh, me. You, Brandon. Sorry. Got to pick one. Got to do it. This is the worst question ever. I'm going to go... There's a worse one than this. You know. I'm going to go with Jeremy Langford because I believe that John Fox is extremely conservative and I think Langford seems like the easy choice for him and I think the offensive line for San Diego is not good. This is the butter hands question. The butter yeah. hands. Ashley? I'm also going Langford over Gordon because I think Langford is more consistent than Gordon is, and he, at least Langford was able to prove that he'd get it done last year, and was a top 25 running back despite not playing every single game, so giving the vote of confidence, I agree with Brandon on the conservativeness of John Fox, I think Langford's got a good shot. 
we're all in on Langford. I feel like Danny Woodhead is the better backup, and I feel like he's going to get more touches than, than Gordon's going to want him to. Um, at least I, I hope he does, because I think Woodhead's the real deal. So I'm going Langford. I think that he's just going to get the volume, and I think he's going to have one less fumble than Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> but two more drops than Gordon. Ryan Matthews. Yeah, at least. Ryan Matthews or Matt Jones. So this was the bad one, Brian. You're like <laughs> Langford and Gordon. I'm like, come on, you know Ryan Matthews and Matt Jones is right around the corner here. Um, it's really like you hate me with this question based on last year <laughs> and previous seasons and my general hatred of both players. But I would go with Matt Jones for the fact that I think the Redskins will really make an effort to build a running game around him is that he did show signs of explosiveness and talent year, and they showed signs that they wanted to build it around him last year even though they had Alfred Morris. So um, let me be clear. I am not targeting either of these guys. <laughs> you were I don't, on the desert I island. don't we hate myself enough <laughs> to pick them up. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon? I am targeting Ryan Matthews. What? <laughs> you crazy. You are crazy. Mm-hmm. Brain mm-hmm. ankle out of the gate. In all of her leagues. Brain ankle out of the gate. That's fine. Fine. All I'm saying is Doug Peterson took over as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he is the guy behind the Chiefs running back game, and that's all they do is run, 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 run. And they got Sam Bradford there. They are going to run. And Ryan Matthews was actually pretty decent last year, you guys. That's right. That's right. I was going to pick Ryan Matthews because I, too, believe I'm a believer in him. The injury kind of worries me with his age. And I can say with Matt Jones screwing up so many times last year, they kept giving him the ball. Over and over. Oh, yeah. So, over like, and over. They're into they it. They're all in. They're, they're all in. Especially with giving away Morris this year. I mean, it's just like they're doubling down on this kid. Yeah. Doubling down. So if I had to choose at like today, it's Matt Jones. All right. Backup world here. Tevin Coleman or Carlos Williams. I'm going Tevin Coleman because in the Kyle Shanahan offense, if something were to happen to Devontae Freeman, which let's hope not, they will continue to run the ball like crazy, and Tevin Coleman will be the better, I think, of the handcuffs. And he's not suspended. (laughs) I see your point, and I disagree. Um, I suppose Carlos Williams, again, I don't love the options, but LaShawn McCoy does seem to get hurt here and there, so... Well, neither is a great option. I, I wouldn't be mad at you for stashing a guy like Carlos Williams. Granted, he is suspended, but he does play well when he comes in, and he was very impactful last year, more so than Tevin Coleman. Um, yes, he has sympathy weight, but he'll be able to work that off by the time regular season hits. And uh, if you got McCoy, why not stash him? If you got if you got a deep roster, yeah. And I, I'm gonna have to go with Brandon with Tevin Coleman. I'm not a big fan, but uh, Devonte is going to be such a huge part of your offense that if he goes down, you're going to have to have Tevin Coleman. And I mean, there's no. I have a feeling, you know, Shanahan's going to go to Coleman if Freeman gives up just even a little bit, even if he just gives up just just a little bit. I think Coleman's going to be the dude. So I'm going Coleman in hopes that he'll get some serious time. Chris Johnson or Darren McFadden? I'm going with Chris Johnson. As <laughs> I think 
McFadden would be a better pick if Elliot gets hurt. But I think he's young, he's healthy. I don't really see that happening. And so I think the Cardinals will find ways to use Johnson more consistently as a receiver back in, in a game than McFadden will be used. I think McFadden will primarily only be used if Elliott is hurt. Because again, like Brandon said, they have no reason to take Elliott off the field. So really you're, you're looking for Elliott to get hurt to use McFadden, whereas Johnson may have opportunities even with uh, David Johnson healthy. I'm going to go Darren McFadden because the Dallas Cowboys have the number one offensive line for the last two years counting. And if something were to happen to Ezekiel Elliott, I would feel good about playing him, whereas I'm never going to feel good about Chris John- playing Chris Johnson if David Johnson's still out there. Boo! Chris Johnson! What? That's right. Whoa! No That's way. Right. Yes way. Yes, yes way. way. Yes way. Um, don't let last year McFadden fool you, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Please remember the, the five years prior they to that. They have their running back. They're going to run him until he dies. That's Ezekiel Elliott. And he's not gonna die, so you know that's that's the way it is. It's Elliot time. McFadden is no more. He's gonna have like D'Angelo Williams numbers when Le'Veon Bell is in. He'll have a few. Vo- he'll vulture a few zero. touchdowns. He'll do a few. He'll do a few goal lines, but doubt it. I'm looking at him as a handcuff, not actual production. And right. I, I was looking production, not handcuff. I agree. McFadden's a better handcuff than Chris Johnson, but in terms of if you actually need some points and you're not looking for an injury. Yeah, if you're in, like, a 30-person league like we're in. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jarek McKinnon or Shane Vereen? Brandon. Jarek McKinnon, and it's not even close. What? Yeah. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I mean, do I have to finish that? Nope, yeah. that's enough. Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> I like Jarek McKinnon. I do. But they are locked in with AP. They are locked in AP, whereas the Giants running back situation is a way much more up in the air. There's a better chance that, again, they're going to Rashad doesn't do well. Maybe he gets booed and they put Vereen in the next game, whereas McKinnon isn't going to get in unless AP gets hurt. If AP gets hurt, again, if we're thinking handcuff, I agree McKinnon's the better option. But if we're talking just overall production, a day-to-day game, and you need some, some off points, Vereen's your dude. Definitely and off Ashley- points. <laughs> yeah, and Ashley, that is my exact point why I would not take Shane Vereen because he's going to lure you in and you're going to start him one game and he's going to get you zero fantasy points. With yeah. Jarek McKinnon, you know you're not going to start him. You know his purpose. You shouldn't start Vereen unless he's unless Rashad is out. You, or... But Vereen is the receiving back there. He's going to yeah. have moments of excellence and you're going to be like, okay, maybe I'll start him. I need somebody... You're going to start him, and he's going to zero out on you. Jarek McKinnon will never do you like that because you never know, you're never going to start him unless AP yep. goes out. Unless AP. Okay. If you're talking so handcuff, he's more he's more comforting to me. Yeah. He's more like, I I know he won't tease me to put him in. And Shane Vereen is a teaser. He's he a teaser. He is a teaser. But if you've got a league yep. like us where you have to start yep. either he's, seven wide receivers or five running backs, you're going to start Vereen over McKinnon because Vereen at least has a shot every game to get you some points, whereas McKinnon doesn't. I think McKinnon's actually going to get more. I think he's going to get more touches too. this year. I think he's more touches, yeah. I'm crazy. Because I think this is AP's last year. Rumor has it. This is going to be his last year as a Viking. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. All right, that's enough. All right, <laughs> let's get to those Denver Broncos. Last one, ladies. Ronnie Hillman or Devontae Booker? Well, you guys, I, 
maybe some will disagree with me because we've all disagreed the last few ones, but they seem to really like Booker in camp, and I think that he, they think he's got better hands than Hillman. So Booker seems to be the better choice since Anderson is going to be the every-down-back guy in town. Plus, Hillman was part of that perception of the struggling Broncos running backs core last year, whereas Booker is all shiny and new. Even though Hillman technically had more yardage than Anderson last year, for whatever reason, they like Anderson. So there's even talk of Hillman getting cut from the team right now. For Nick Foles. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh I'd be so angry. <laughs> My choice is CJ Anderson. You don't kiss CJ Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on the table. <laughs> Oh, I mean, friend. come on now. Yeah, you don't want okay, Jamal Charles or Jacandrick West. Obviously, right. Brandon, come on. Right, come on now. <laughs> All I'm saying is, this is this is this is scary. I guess I would go with the devil I don't know, Booker. Yeah. Hillman is still ranked above Booker on the depth chart. That's what's interesting. This is what this is what's tricky about camp too. All the hype in camp, but you don't actually know what's going to yeah. flush out on that depth chart. You know, I, for whatever reason, I have a soft spot in my heart for Ronnie Hillman, but I, I still... I'm going Hillman. I'm going to go Hillman. I just feel like... I hope this, is <laughs> this is Monty Bollier. This is Monty Where he comes out of nowhere and runs like crazy. I feel like... I just don't trust any yeah. of them. The no. Broncos. No. Any of them. <laughs> None of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I do. I, I'm, in, I'm on Thomas' train this year, but... For for the running back situation, I'm not. I can't do it. It's just too scary to me. Too much running back committee. But I'm I'm gonna go Ronnie Hillman out of the out of these two questions just because I feel comfort with him. <laughs> it's not a good reason at all. Well, that is our running back show. Thank you, ladies. We we did well on the fantasy island. I appreciate you. Next week we will be finishing up the rest of the positions. So we're gonna cover tight ends, kickers, and defenses all in one one show. So make sure you listen to us next week. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter at HerFantasyFB, on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball, and then sub come subscribe to us at HerFantasyFootball.com. We update our rankings every Wednesday morning uh, so you can get new, fresh rankings. Um, hopefully we'll get our new cheat sheet out soon. And, uh, yeah. Make sure to chat with us. Until next time, no more faking it.